you only see what your mind allows you to get to. So you, you need to be zeicher. You need to be zeicher to that. It's not. It's not everybody's zeicher. So when people do see it, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, you have to merit. You have to merit to, to see Hakadosh Baruch Hu in things. You have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to be holding by it. You have to be holding by it. You know. Yeah. Does it come in English? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not the same. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, gateway uh, to pr- gateway to prayer. We have it. We have it in short. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's get going here. Let's get going. All right. So the the, the next the the next chilek of tefillah that we're going through is is going to be shaiva. Okay. So so let's get into this. The 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 taira in shemais. So this is in, in Sefer Shmais and Parag Beis. It lets us know that, that Klal Yisrael daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with an expression of Shaiva. This is, a, right, last week we discussed crying without words and connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which sometimes is the truest and, and deepest ways of Tzaka. We're going to get into Shaiva. Shaiva is a different type of tefillah, which the literal translation, if you could in English, you really can't. You can't translate this well into English. I've seen people try to translate this in the English version of the Sefer. They translate it as hysterical outcry. <laughs> That's how they translate it. Hysterical, hysterical outcry, huh? Oh, in Hebrew? Shin Vav Ayin Hey. Okay, and I'll explain. Rosh Mingles will get into what hysterical outcry is. You know, it's not, I mean, maybe it's the best way you could do it. Let me articulate what, what Shaiva is, and then we'll, we'll get into its importance when it comes to Tzvila. When we as Kal Yisrael came to the Yamsuf, we're on the seventh day after the Exodus. We have all this hope. We left Mitzrayim, we have all this hope, we're going to go to Eretz Yisrael, and things look absolutely bleak. We have the ocean in front of us, the Yamsuf in front of us. No boats, no rafts. Okay? We have the Egyptians behind us. We have the angel of Esav, and all of his might appearing above us, and wild animals on the sides of us. There's, there's no physical hope for Klal Yisro. So, the Pasuk tells us that we started davening to Hashem. By Yitzhaku, we cried out, and Rashi says, a few interesting words, Rashi says, Tufsu, we grabbed hold al umnus avaisam to the craft of our forefathers. Does we cried out? We grabbed onto the, like the craft of our forefathers. What do you mean? Grabbed onto the craft of our forefathers? We daven Tashem from a real true place, and the Bali Musar, our Musar leaders, ask, "Wait, what do you mean? You grabbed onto the trait, the craft of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov?" One second, Avram established. Shachras, Yitzchak established Mincha, Yaakov established Mariv. They were all davening, and they davened, and they davened, because they loved Hashem, because they connected to Hashem. When we came to the Yamsuf, and we had no options, what did we do? We davened to Hashem. You grabbed onto the craft of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? What are you talking about? There's no atheist in a foxhole. We're not doing like our forefathers did. We were stuck. So what else are you going to do? And you're not when you're out of every other option. All right, so it's my last. Uh, right, it's my last option. That's the, they say a joke. A guy falls off a cliff. An atheist falls off a cliff, and he's like falling down. He's like, right, God, if you're there, just catch me. And all of a sudden, there's like a, his foot like nails a branch, and he grabs it. Now he's dangling in the middle. You know, he's like, Ooh, wow. He's like, well, thank, thank you, God. Wow, that was incredible. God says, Oh, now you believe in me. That's wonderful. He says, yeah, but I'm, I'm dangling here. He says, eh, don't worry. Just jump and I'll catch you. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah. anybody else up there? 
<laughs> right. Any other options? Right? I mean, what do you got to do? You're stuck. You're stuck. You're hanging by like you know. But now you tell me to jump. I'm, you just caught me, but I'm not ready to jump. Right? It's like you grab on the crafts of our forefathers. But the Bali Musa tell us such an important idea. And this is this is where we're going to get into Shaiva. This is such a fantastic idea. And they explained that it's not granted the what what got us to the place of this intensity. This is how I want to translate Shaiva. Translate hysterical outcry. It's an intense prayer. Okay, that's what Shaiva is. We got the intensity we got to different than our forefathers. However, our forefathers lived. The state that we got to when we were stuck at the Yamsuf is literally how Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov lived their life. Every second of their life. They weren't hysterical. They weren't petrified. But they knew I am completely dependent on God for my next breath. That's what it means. It took us as a people to be in this predicament to get us to the realization of what is really true. And that is, I am completely dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, that my heart should keep beating right now. Not just that I say it, but this is, that's what they mean by hysterical outcry. Like, you're not, to me, those words are like, you lose your mind. So I don't like it. Right? So you're not losing your mind. It's the opposite. It's, I'm, you, it's just an, an intense feeling. You're Shiva is an intense feeling. Yeah, but it's an intense feeling. Not that even you're stuck or you're scared, but I, I just, I, I need Hashem with me at all times. I need Hashem with me at all times. This is a type, a type of feeling. Now, we need, this needs to be broken down because this is pretty, this is pretty intense, right? This, this grasp and this, this is not just understanding. It's a style of tefillah. It's a style of tefillah. So let's get into this. Hashayva Shaiva is a outcry of a request for mercy. I'm asking from HaKadosh Baruch Hu for things that I need. So this seems like a request. We think that Shaiva is like, oh my gosh, like this is intense. Like I need this major, you know, there's like a major illness or there's a major tzara that's happening. And this is not just a stam, a plain request. This is like, oh, yeah. As if. Sometimes when you don't even know what to turn, you don't know where to turn, what to do. So you turn with like a little bit of hysteria to to, to get some help. And, and we'll give off um, sounds of whatever we feel will help. We're not concerned anymore about what I sound like. I'm going to give off. It's a metzias and and. Sounds that come out with, with all my kayach. All my kayach. He says this is incredible because we're, we're discussing 10 styles of tefillah. You should know. There's 10 types of prayer. We've been through a couple. There's no style of prayer called bakasha. Request. Very surprising. You think there's a type of tefillah called request. Bakasha. He says there's no such thing. You know why? Tefillah itself is called bakasha. As a whole, as a whole, Akasha Srachim, it's a request for mercy. And we say this, we use these expressions, requesting mercy in our davening. But he says, but umikomakim bechola midrashim, and all the midrashim that count the styles of tefillah and how to daven, ain't a nimnis bakasha bein esalishayin tefillah. You're not going to find them to say, and a type of tefillah's request. You know what they call it? Virak shaiva. They'll call it shaiva. This is what we're saying over here, right? It's like, an, an intense need. It's an intense need. It's a awkward, like we learned last week, like a, a, a groan, like a sound without words. I beat sore, or I'm in a narrow place. Just like a simple request, we don't mention. What, what, what's the deal? What's going on here? He explains beautifully. He says, let me explain to you why. We have to know that in truth, when I'm with the creator of all creates. When I'm talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, I beat him and I, I'm gazing with a true gaze, b'mabat shal emes, 
Rayim, I will, I will understand. When I request from Hashem, it's not asking your friend for a cup of coffee. That's a bakasha. So tefillah as a whole is a bakasha. Like, can you please pass that to me? That's, that's how we usually ask. He says, you should know, when you talk to Hashem, kulan heima be'emes nemratzais everything is desperate. Not that I feel desperate, per se, but I know I'm really desperate for Hashem to help me here. We don't call this simple request. What we call this is an intense request. There's a, real, there's a real need. There's a real need, right? For example, a person wants to request parnasa, request a livelihood. So you can go to somebody, you can ask them for a raise, you can ask somebody for a loan, you can ask them, you can ask them for a handout. Okay. But let's start from scratch, he says. Let's say a person has no one to go to, no, no way to have any finances, no way to buy food, no way to have a roof over one's head, completely empty. I have zilch, no network, no nothing. This is a very scary place. It's a scary place. You, you, you don't even have anybody to turn to, nobody to ask. No, right? like One of the greatest things that we have and this is, it's important for anybody who's ever in a position of this, the greatest thing that Kodesh Baruch gives us is hope. Is hope. The fact that a person has hope for something is huge. It's, it's, it's a big concept. It's a big concept. I, I'm not a uh, uh, brilliant person. There's a, a young fellow in our school starting out um, in the medical field. And he asked me, he's like, if, if there's one thing you could advise me as a rough you know, what would you, what would you tell me to like keep my eye on? And I said, I don't know if it's going to sound smart, stupid, I don't know, but I could just say from my own experiences with medical things and with my parents and uh, things that my family have been through and I've been through, the, the one thing that we appreciated the most from doctors is hope. Not to lie to us, not to fool us, but we're always grasping for a little bit of hope in something. Even if I know 95% it's stacked against me, I need that 5%. I, that, it's that hope that keeps me going. I said, if, in your field, just do, do, your, do everybody a favor. Don't lie, don't fool, but just let people know there's always hope. Let people know. That you give something you know, to, to, to latch on to. When there's, when there's nothing to turn to and nothing to latch on to, that is a desperate place. It's a place, it's an intense place. It's frightening. He says, when you don't have money, when a person doesn't have any hope for parnasa, he says, forget not having your next meal. He says, you know what sort of spiritual fright that is? People lead, it leads to the greatest sins in people. People, besides for, you can come to steal, you can come to turn against Hashem, you can come, there's, Having a parnasa is a big deal. You cannot show up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and request parnasa, for an example. He says, when you come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a, the tefillah is called shaiva. Hashem, this is intense. This is crucial that I'm able to have an element of, of success in, in, uh, in this area. And when it comes to our health, it's crucial that we don't just say, Hashem, please, I need continued health. I need future health. I have a situation I'm going through. And I need we, we can't even talk like that. We need shaiva. They're translating it as hysterical outcry. Again, what it is, is it's, it's an intense understanding that I must have this. It's, it's, and HaKadosh Baruch you're the source of this. I must have it in order to serve you. And you are the source. This is important. I'm not just requesting. I'm coming with shaiva. I'm coming to the sole source that's crucial that, 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 um, that we have this. And therefore a person needs when we dive into Hashem. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so you're saying we should have that same kind of intensity when we're asking for like something like Parnassa versus something like, because we're supposed to be able to ask Hashem for anything, simple stuff like help me find the right pair of shoes. The same, that's right. waiting, the same thing, the same kind of intensity. Not necessarily. 
Again, what we're learning here, like we've learned there's something called Tsa'aka. We've learned there's something called Bitsar. What we're learning is a specific style of davening, a path in davening. That, for example, when we daven our Shmona Esrei, and we get past the first three brachos, and then we get to the blessing of Das, the fourth blessing, Atachonin la'adam Das. We shouldn't be asking from Hashem like we're asking from a friend. We should have a mindset of, this is Hashem, this is, this is crucial. It's crucial that I have this. The only way for me to serve you properly is to have proper chachma, bina and das. If, I, if, if, my mind's, if my head's not on straight and I'm not thinking clearly, I posh can't. And when we ask for refuah, when we ask for the, things that are smaller or things that are, it's not part of the blessings of Shemona Esau, whatever it is, okay. So it's a, you, you could have a conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Again, this is just one type of davening. We're not saying here you always need to be. I think this... Yeah. You could, you could ask, but th- that should be with intensity. Shmakaleinu should be intensity. That Hashem, uh, you know, I'll just tell you personally what I say. Shmakaleinu, I, I have this. Um, um, I don't know if it's trauma or or what. For some reason, I think I don't know how to dab. As much as I try to work on tefillah, I always have like this thing like deep inside of me, like like I don't really know if I like get davening like. If, if I'm utilizing it to its fullest. I just have this, I have this like thing in my mind, as much as I try to work on it, like, yeah. So personally, when I say Shema You only ask for big things? I, so I focus on the word Koleinu. Koleinu means our voice. And what I keep in mind is, Hashem, listen to our voice. I'm sure there's people around me that have a lot of trachim and a lot of need. Please accept my tefillahs amongst theirs. Listen to their voice. Listen to our voice. Listen to us together, because as a as a group, we got this right. As a kahila, as Klal Yisrael, I know you're answering. For me, even if I have this personal intensity over there, but you know, we have all. The, but by Shema Kaleinu, it's an it's an intense bracha, and there should be there should be shaiva like Hakadosh Baruch Hu, All of our requests that we have here, everybody davening here, and people who we're davening for. You're the only source. There's, we're standing at the Yamsuf. There's nobody else to turn to. I'm really not asking you for a cup of seltzer that somebody else could pass to me. I need a drink. I need a drink. Shema Kalenu. Like, please, Hashem, Kalenu. That's Shaiva. That's Shaiva. There's, there's more of an a, uh, intense understanding of there's one destination for this request. But we can't. We're just not calling it requests because requests are too simple to make. I think that's the idea that he's bringing out here. So to answer your question, if it's something that's not necessarily that needs to be, so you don't need to use shaiva on that. You don't need to use shaiva on that. Use shaiva on shmanesa. Use shaiva on on various things. When we ask Hashem for parnasa, it should not be a request as if I'm going to my boss and asking him for a job. Because my boss is, he's not in charge of, my, of everything. He's not the one who, who decides everything. He's not, the, you know. When we go to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we're talking about a job. That's that. That's, you know, that's got to be more than a bakasha. That's becoming bederech in a way of in a way of uh, shaiva, in a way of more of a intense, uh, intense approach. Are we talking about like desperation? <clears throat> like when you hit the point of. Desperation, like I said, painted in the corner. It's like there's nowhere else to go. That's bitzur. That's a mindset. Here we're discussing the request itself. Shaiva is not a mindset. Shaiva is an approach to request. It might take a desperation mindset to come with a shaiva. Okay? But it's not, I'm not coming that I'm, that I am desperate. I'm not, you know, it's not. Shaiva is that at the time of my request, it's like full throttle. It's a full, it's, it's, a, it's a full request. Okay? We have to know well. What exactly is it? 
that I'm requesting, and how much do I really need this? How much do I need it? Okay? Some things, like, like uh, Rebbetz and Rush was bringing up, some things are like, ideally, I'm really looking for, for navy shoes. Lots of luck. Uh, lots of luck, right? <laughs> that would be the best shoes that go with my outfit. If, if there's like a teal, you know, then it might go, it might go, right? So I'm not necessarily coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way of, when I request it, I'm not coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way of Shaiva, right? Because again, this is like L'Chathila, ideally, Ideally, I would like, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the Navy uh, uh, would be nicer. It's going to be different. Then when I'm going and asking for something that my neshama is dependent on, that it's, it's crucial. When a person brings themselves to a feeling of how important the need is, what happens is that is a very important means of a Baruch Hu accepting our tefillah. So this is very interesting, right? There, you're not supposed to use shaiva for everything. You're not supposed to. It's, it's, it's not necessary. But shaiva is the ultimate form of bakasha. You can say, Hashem, you're in charge of everything, and right, and uh, you, everything's for the best, and so on and so on. That's a whole different conversation. You're having like this baruch where it's like Hashem. No, no, no. <laughs> listen here, <laughs> listen here. We we got to talk. This 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 has got to be done. This this there's nothing to talk about. I need this. We need this. Klal Yisrael needs this. Community needs this. I can't just say this is mamish. You know, that's shaiva. That's shaiva. Shaiva is not going to be used when you prefer something. It's going to be used when something is is. Uh, is uh, dependent on it. David Amalek uses this uh, as well. David Amalek uses this expression of, of request. It wasn't only to fill his knees. He says, My whole nefesh is dependent on you. I'm constantly in situations where everything can end up down being ruined in the abyss. And therefore, David Amalek, when he sees the importance of what he needs, he cries out for Yomar, Oh no, Hashem, please Hashem, Malta Nafshi. Right? When he sees where he's going and where he's heading and what he's needed, so then, on Hashem, some. This is nature. When a person comes to request, even if you don't necessarily want to answer the person's request. The person says, please, I need something. You're like, eh, all right. My father would say, you need it or you want it? Like, uh, what exactly are you asking for? Right? But when a person comes from a place of intensity, you don't ask questions there. When somebody's like, call, so to speak, call 911. Why? Hmm, can you explain that to me? Like, what's it? Just, you call, call 911. Just get here. Come to this ad. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. We're figuring this out. Right? You're going to pick up the phone. You're going to call right away. Why does Hashem create a scenario like that so we can know how to relate to Him too? There's times where we make requests and then there's times where we come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we, and we say, Hashem, this is not a request. This is a shaiva. Call 911. And when we come with that approach, the Yeshua comes faster. The Yeshua comes faster. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the shaiva uh, uh, brings out when, when we mamish are coming from this place of complete need. Complete, uh, uh, really a, a deep, pro- profound place. So this is the the type of tefillah called uh, called shaiva. He says you should know that this was the mahalach. This was the approach of the Avaida Sakadmainim, the Avaida of the earlier ones, Avaisa Ilam, the forefathers, the forebears of the world. This is how they served Hashem constantly. It wasn't like it wasn't enough that they had like 
you know, oh, I did this good, I did that good. <coughs> they were like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay like this the rest of my life? Right? It's like, there's a difference between somebody saying, you know, I would love to develop and grow. And somebody who's like living with like, what am I going to say? Just be like this. <laughs> I mean, I've got so much more in me. Right? That, that drive of that approach is going to help create so much more. Yeah, it looks like the- Abraham had no one to ask. And the only person he had to go to was Hashem. I mean, he couldn't, I mean, he was with idol worshippers. He, he couldn't go to his father. He couldn't go, I mean, he couldn't. So for him, he didn't have a, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have a choice. Good, good. And you know the and Yitzhak, okay, he had you know something, but and it kept building. Maybe that's why we build on what they built, you know, to go right. back to them. I, I, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. There's a lot of. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I, I can't say whether or not I'm not big enough to say that. Um, that's what makes it even greater for us in today's society. Right. Um, but there are gedolim that speak about, again, how do you measure amongst somebody who's, who's great and beyond? But if, if you think about it, our tzaddikim of 50 years ago, our tzaddikim of 100 years ago, and our tzaddikim and our forefathers of hundreds of years ago, or thousands of years, they didn't need to deal with driving on a highway and billboards and cable news and social media and like you you could just choose not to go somewhere and people left you alone. Right? Now you you, you can't. I mean, you can't do anything. You seriously cannot do anything. Which means that we have an opportunity. It it gets in our way of connecting to Hashem. But we have an opportunity to grow and develop in a way that the previous generations did not have. They, they can't reach... I'm not, the word's not greatness, but they, they, they can't accomplish because they weren't put in that situation what the opportunity that we have in today's society to accomplish. They but, couldn't. But each generation has their own challenge. Each generation has their own challenge. The but that's what's, special, that's what's special about our generation. You could say that how difficult it is and wild it is and the madness and you, you know, how do you even think straight anymore? And that's all very true. At the same time, on the side of Chizuk, it's like, do you know what I could do with this? I can accomplish something that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov couldn't accomplish. Not putting them down. Not saying they wouldn't have done it, but you know what? They didn't. It just didn't exist for them. And therefore, there's a, there's a level of greatness that, uh, that we can reach. You can't compare it because it's a whole different environment, a different society. and You're not going to start comparing great and great, but it, it's, you know, with every challenge that exists in the world means that when we stand up to the challenge and we work with the challenge we could accomplish things that previous generations even though they were greater than us they couldn't accomplish what we're what we're able to accomplish and Avram Avinu had nobody had nobody to turn to um and in today's society ultimately there's nobody to turn to there is nobody there, I mean what are you gonna do we we can get we have people we can ask advice from. Avram Avinu had people he asked advice from. He had three friends, uh, three close friends who he who uh, he grew with and developed you know and developed a connection with. And he had his rabbeim. He had Nayach for fifty eight years of his life. Right. He had his great 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 grandfather, and there were there were tzaddikim around, but he still had to go about it on his own. And we uh, we have the same thing in our society. We have tzaddikim and we have special people. But ultimately, when it comes time to who are we really relying on, there's nobody. You can't rely on anybody. You gotta, we got to do it ourselves. 
We've got to do it ourselves. That's, it, it's mamish. Like, there's nobody who could uh, pull through for us. There's nobody. It's a decision. There's nobody who could do it for us. So we, we find the others lived, uh, lived in such a way. We know that in nature. In the time of danger. Somebody's running away from fire. The, the, you get, like they call it adrenaline, right? You get incredible power. You never had before. There's a fire all of a sudden, you know, beforehand you couldn't work out. My legs don't move. All of a sudden you got a chasvashalom. First he's running out of the house. The legs are moving. Right? You find a way. Until then, it was it was hidden. People could start running very fast. When David Melech danced, the, it, we're taught that he danced with every fiber of his being. Every fiber went into the fire of his dance. He was dancing in front of Hashem. He didn't just dance in front of Hashem and then get tired. His, his existence danced in front of Hashem. was both fear and love and joy. Everything combined, everything that made up David HaMelech, who was an artist, right? David HaMelech was a composer. That's what the, everything that made him up. There was no boundaries. He put everything he had into it. Everything that he had into it. He says, let's bring this down to us. When a person thinks about, what am I praying for? For example, we say in Davening, Hashem, Please, Hashem, purify my heart to serve you honestly. Well, if I don't serve you honestly, we can't just say, Hashem, purify my heart to serve you. What if I end up going through life, never Serving Hashem honestly. What, what happened? To, what happened? What happened? So when I'm davening for this, I need a shaiva there. I need Hashem. I need your help. I need your help to do this. I'm not, this is not a simple request. I'm not just asking you for something. This is my this is my existence that's in this phrase. This is most precious than anything. If I don't accomplish this, so that means I ended up living 120 years and I never, I never fulfilled what I could do. Terrible. Right? So there's like, it's an understanding. It's an understanding where I can't just come with a request. I this is like a desperation. I need this. A person had a lot of tsaris. Wouldn't they go nuts? You call this person. You call that person. You call that doctor. You call this this helper. And anybody's got a connection. You're not going to leave any stone or, or, or not overturned. And that's what I'm dealing with over here. He says this is how I want to explain shaiva. Okay, what I want to explain shaiva is. When we come in Davin, don't leave any stone not overturned. We need something. If that thing, again, is not about a pair of shoes, but it's something that's, whether it's Parnassa, whether it's health, whether it's for somebody else, whether it's this, we can't just say, Hashem, they need a Rafua Shalema. I mean, you could. That's a tefillah too. It's a tefillah too. But you want to get, you want to get somewhere true. You want to get somewhere deep. You want to get somewhere that's, that there's an intensity of the tefillah, it has to be where there's only one address. The, the Hashem, you're the only address that I have here. I'm putting, this request is, is not a simple request. It's a request that's uh, covered with, uh, uh, trem- with uh, tremendous depth. Okay, we'll hold it here within the category of Shaiva. Hashem will pick up from here next week. And now let's get into, the go back into the sitter and continue on with the, uh, with the morning blessing. So we're ready up to... Um, uh, bracha yud. We're up to the tenth of the fifteen morning uh, morning blessings. We ended off with Reikaha Eretz Alamayim. Hashem who spreads out the waters, uh, the the earth over the waters, and then we come to a, a a shift in the brachas. Let's get into this. So we say the, the, the first nine are very general, very general, very important, but very general. You say Hashem created discernment. Uh, between night and day, servant, the non-Jew, 
um, sight to the blind, the very general gifts and needs that we have in the world. The tenth one, we're going to get very personal. We say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elekeinu Melech Ha'ilam. Again, Hashem, you're the source of all these brachas. She'asal li kol tzarki, who's provided to me all my personal needs. You provide me with my personal needs. This is um, a statement of the intimacy between a person and a Kaddish Baruch. It's not a, a general statement. It's not a general knowledge that Hashem is the source of something. This is that I know not even... I may not even be happy with it. But I know Sha'asali called Sarki. I could be unhappy with it. But I know Hashem, you are intimately involved in every aspect of my life. Okay? Hashem created us, He put us into this physical world, and He's always involved in what in what's going on. Always involved completely. And there's an incredible beauty to this bracha and an incredible frustration. And the frustration um, comes from confusion. Chazal teach us the greatest joy you can have is Ein Simcha Kahataras Hasvekas. There's no greater joy than the removal of doubt. The, the, the most difficult place in a person's life is when we are, um, when we're unsure, when things are uncertain, when um, things are just aren't clear. I don't understand Hashem. I don't understand why things are like this. I don't understand. When we don't understand, it's Anxiety through the roof, through the roof. It's 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 a very very uh, uh, difficult um, space to be in. Very difficult space to be in. Yet we wake up every morning and we say, "Blessed are you, Hashem, Sha'asali, who provides me called Sarki, whatever I need right now." The fact that I woke up this morning. You're providing me for right now what I need. What about in 10 minutes? I'm getting anxious about that. I would want to know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. I would want to know that there will be better health than I have now. Quick. I want to know there will be more parnasa than I have now. And I want to know that quick. I want to know there'll be more uh, X, Y, and Z, right? I want to know that. But I'm still staying, I'm still saying that when I wake up in the morning, I have what I need. I have what I need. Sha'asali kaltsarki. Whatever I, I need right now is different than what I want. There may be more for what I want, and that may come. But I know as of this moment, I accept the reality that. And and I'm making myself vulnerable enough to say honestly that I'm standing in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem, you're the one who's who's uh, totally uh, totally running the show. If we don't, I'll get to you in a moment. Yeah, I'll just finish this thought for a second. If we don't know that we have what we need right now, we're never really going to grasp what it is when we do receive what we want. So we have to we have to know that within this moment, Sha'asali called Sarki. Hashem, I know. I know completely. You've given me what I need right now. I haven't gotten what I want, but the needs, I'm here, and I have it and and you know, as of this moment, I have it. When we get to this clarity and this realization, then when things could be sent later, we're gonna notice that it's sent you. Go ahead. I want to. Probably this came up in the classes before. So, 
So I, this, I thought of it just because I was working with a visually impaired client today. So supposing he was Jewish, he wasn't. So he seemed someone who was very happy with everything. So he could say, Hashem, you've given me all I need. What would he say from the bracha before? Because he does not have vision. He doesn't have most of the vision. We Good. say thank you, Hashem, for what, what would you yes. do in that case? Yes, you still would because he gets help by people who could see. So you, you would, yeah. I don't know who said this, what Rabbi said it, but that doubt is not in the Torah, the word doubt is not in the Torah, and the word certainty is not in the Rabbi Torah. Rabbi Tess. Was it? Rabbi Tess. It's hinted to, right? But, By Amalek. Amalek is doubt, the gematria of it. Well, he Suffolk, but right, us. right. But right. but it's not it's not in the Torah. Right, we don't know because we don't really know. Yeah. We don't know, you know. But the, the only thing we, as they say, the only thing we know is that we don't know. The only thing we know is that we don't know. And we can't be certain. Right, right, right. I think there's such a beauty to that. There's a absolutely. You know, there's a there's a beauty. To, it, it allows us to develop. It allows us to develop. I was having a conversation with somebody. Um, the other day, and I, I, um, we didn't know each other well. So when you don't know somebody well, you can easily take expressions and words out of context. I was trying to like express, like how we, how we function in our circles. So I said I'm going to tell you a couple things that are my opinion, and a few things that are facts. And let me explain to you the difference between my opinion and my fact. My opinion means you could pretty easily change my mind. If I say it's a fact, I might be wrong, but it'll take it'll, it'll take you more time to change my mind. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't even know it's a fact. Like it's a fact. What do we know? Like you know, a fact, a fact. Like you know, I still might be wrong about my facts. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I know right now. You know, I've, I have enough experience in this thing or enough, you know, think, enough things have happened that I'm very confident that the approach we're taking is correct. I'm very confident. Somebody could come along one day. I know I don't really know. Like, you, you don't really know. It's a, you know, you don't really know um, what's, a, what's a fact anymore. So let's get back. to So the, the focus is Sha'asa Lee called Sarki. The word Lee is, is me. And... It, we're not speaking in third person. We're speaking in, in second person, and we're speaking about a very um, intimate approach with with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Nobody else can say this bracha for me. Everybody can say, "Giving sight to the blind," like even somebody who's blind, right? So, you know, the or discernment, and you know, all these things are helpful. But to say Sha'asa Li Kaltsarki, you nobody else can say. No, you, that I have whatever I need. I can't say that you have whatever you need. Only, only you can say that. that. That's that's a place of understanding that I have a a intimate and personal relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, you could make that expression. You could make this statement. I cannot. Uh, I cannot make. Uh, you know. I I cannot make this statement. So that's bracha number ten. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the difference between what I have now and what I. Want I can request what I want, but I know that right now Shasa Lee called Sarkia because Baruch Hu is is uh, completely uh, taking care of me. Okay. Is this the same as when you used to say Poseach Es Yadacha in Ashray? You open your hand and you say, except that's in general form. Yeah, that's more that's more general. But I say Poseach Es Dacha. It's a statement, right? It's not a it's not a request. You open your hand. U must be a lechol chayrotsa. You know, like I know you're there for me, and you're involved in everything. In everything, that happens. in everything, in a, in a general form. This is more intimate. This is this is more of a uh, an intimate bracha. You know, and and we should keep in mind also. It applies physically. It applies spiritually. You know, Hashem gives me what I need spiritually. I think it's a very important idea. Many times we think like we're insufficient for what from what we know and what we're learning. And we're expected to know more, but very hard on ourselves about that. And including Shasali called Sarki, as Hashem, you give me, you've given me the information that I need to know for today. 
So maybe I'll make a mistake. I don't know everything about halacha. I don't know everything about this, right? I might make a mistake. But you, you, you make available to me whatever I need for right now. And if this is what I know right now, that's what I know right now. If I don't know it, I don't know it. If I, it's like the same thing with physical. If I have it, I have it. If I don't have it, I don't have it. If I, spiritual, if I have it, I have it. If I don't have it, I don't have it. That's it. And we're, you know, I want more. Okay, so we'll, we'll you know, we'll look towards that. But HaKadosh Baruch is constantly um, overseeing and, uh, and running the world. It gives me and me alone can make that statement. Okay, now let's do one more bracha. And that is the, the 11th bracha. And this is, let's see if we can, uh, 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 our, you know, get into this and, and articulate this well. Hamechin mitzadi gavar. Baruch atah Hashem lakini malachlam. Hamechin mitzadi gavar. Because Baruch you set the steps of each person. Okay. We all ended up here learning together. It was a bechira. It was a choice. It was a choice that we made to come learn about tefillah, shtag together. Included in that grand plan of the bechira of coming to shtag together, Akadosh Baruch Hu allows those thoughts to go into our mind, mm-hmm. to make that choice to come and to come and study. Every place that we go is Hashem's plan. It's Hashem's plan. When I go to a, the supermarket, I go to Aldi's, I go to Schnucks, any, any supermarket, at a specific time of day, Hashem set my steps to go there at that time. Not five minutes later, not three minutes earlier. Hashem puts each person in their place at that time. The same way the person next to me in the aisle, Hashem sent them and set their day to be just like that for whatever reason. There's a huge picture out there, whatever it is. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no misstep. He puts us where we're supposed to be at, uh, at any specific time. And this applies literally and applies figuratively. It applies that Kaddish Baruch was always setting everything up in his steps. Even plan Z. If that's the last letter of the alphabet. Even plan Z is Hashem setting the steps of each person. You cannot change and enter a state where Hashem doesn't have a plan for me. I can't. I can't be there. I could... Have within my bechira make the most uh, make the most terrible mistakes and do terrible things and uh, this was not not Hashem's plan right so to speak right Hashem didn't want me to do this it doesn't matter Hashem's still gonna set my life and my place and the people I meet everything's gonna everything is is, uh, is going to have a plan and this is gonna apply like we said literally and figuratively it's as we walk through life. We journey through life. If I was born, Hamechen Metzadei Gavar means if I was born to a specific home and you were born to a specific home and I was sent to a specific school and you were sent to a specific school, Hashem did that on purpose. It wasn't random. It wasn't random. And it happens to be that oh, this person's parents, you know, thought yeshiva was important, and this person's parents thought this college was important, or this high school. If we went through a step in the journey of our lives, Hakadosh Baruch Hu sent us there, and and that's part of who we are now. That's part of our journey. That's part of what we're going to use to to keep steiging and 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 uh, and keep growing. And when we have this security to know. Hashem, you sent me on this path. This is the path you sent me on. So now we're not regretting anything. We're not insecure about where I'm going or what I'm doing. It's, oh, Hashem decided this is who my brother's going to be. This is who my sister's going to be. This is what my family's going to look like. This is what's going to happen. And he set me up on each step of the path, which leads me to today. So it's within our daily lives, and it's the it's the, uh, the 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 stages and the way that we've lived. And when I have the security 
of who I truly am and why I've, and, and that the experiences that I've had is part of Hashem's plan, it's going to help me be more secure in which direction my life is taking. Because very often we're like, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not being successful in this direction. Or if, if only, if only. The answer is, is no, if only. It's, it's not if only. There's steps. And whatever place I've gotten to, there's a plan for that too. And a, a person who has this awareness of literally and figuratively, I can walk through the world with confidence because I know I'm, I'm part of a Kaddish Baruch who's, uh, I'm, I'm part of a Kaddish Baruch who's set up. I'm, I'm in this Broadway show and this is, this is you know, this is uh, the role of my actor, you know, the, 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 role, the role that I'm playing. And I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna follow the steps that he set me up on. That's Hamichim Mitzadi Gavar. He set us up in life. He set us up where we're gonna go each time of the day. And, and this is this is the chesed of the bar. Yeah, we're gonna hold it here. We've been uh, been a while, but go ahead. Let's take some okay. questions. So does that mean really there's no such thing as like a bad decision or a wrong decision? You could have a wrong decision. You could have a wrong decision. But what's incredible is that with every wrong decision. You can never leave Hashem's plan. It's a wild concept. And it, but it's beautiful. You can never leave Hashem's plan even when you made a terrible decision. You can't. Did you make that decision? Well, if you have Bechira, that was in your own thing. Right? If you make a decision on your own, with your own Bechira. But even though Hashem... That's a general question on Bechira. Like if Hashem knows how... right? So it's similar to like somebody watching from above what's happening down here. You're not influencing. They have their choice, but you know exactly what happened. You already watched that movie, right? You're, you're above time. But it doesn't, doesn't force anybody into uh, any, uh, any, specific, any specific situation. But what this does mean is that you had a choice. I, I, I made a mistake. That, that's fine. You made a mistake. The Seder doesn't change anything. So we have our tshuva process. We have whatever. But Hashem's still setting my steps. Hashem's still setting my steps. This is in, in plan B, in plan C, in plan D. And you're going to see Siata Deshmaya and everything. You see Siata, the person could be, do, I could sing for decades and decades and decades and be involved in this and be angry, you know, and curse out Hashem. You know, Hashem, you're still part of Hashem's plan. You're not, you're not going nowhere, right? You can't run away. You can't run away. Shalom I'm learning Kahalas. We'll get to the next question in, in Parak Test. He speaks about how Rishaim um, go to the opposite side of the world to remove Hashem. And he speaks about the, how the, 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 the Hevel in it, the, 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 the stupidity in it. The, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's like a person's Jewish. I'm not Jewish anymore. God's like, really? <laughs> really? Hey, where are you going? What are you doing? You do it. It doesn't matter. There's nowhere to go. That's what it is. There's nowhere to go. No matter what we do in the world, it's such a precious idea. There's nowhere to go. Because Baruch says, I'm, I'm still God. Like, you're not going anywhere. It's not, you know, you, you might feel like you're doing something, but you're really not. You're not. Yeah. So do we really have free will if Hashem has a plan for everybody? We're supposed to be in a certain place and do a certain thing all the time. Do we really have a free will to... Make our own decisions when we're in that movie, we're that movie star, and we're supposed to fill, you know, fulfill whatever he has planned for us? That question, it's, it's an important question. It only, it can only exist as a question in a world of time. Because the only thing that divides us from previous generations is time. Okay, you're separated from your parents. I'm separated from my parents. You're separated from Avram Avinu. Only because of time. Okay? Time makes us live in this year and other people living prior. If there was no time, what we call Lamaila Minazman, if we didn't live in a world of sun and moon, aging, things of that sort, Everything is alive simultaneously. When things are, and, and this is the Oilam Ha'emes, in the world of truth, 
there's no clocks on the wall. There's jokes about clocks on the wall in, in heaven. There's a lot of jokes about that, right? But there's, there's no clocks there's no, because there's no time. There's no time. Things were, in, the, in the world of truth, we're, our neshamas are alive together with our forefathers. Our neshamas are alive with our parents. It's only here where we're bound by time that all these things separate. Does that make sense? Okay, so let me get how this connects. So your question about how can, if Hashem knows something, how can that work with our Bechira is only a question in a time world because our minds are very limited to, well, if you know what's going to happen or if, I, if something's going to change, so then I don't have free will because you know. That doesn't mean that I was influenced to make that decision. You get what I'm saying? I'm not influenced to make a decision whether right or wrong just because Hashem knows what I'm going to choose. The only time that can lead to a doubt is when I have time. Well, I I live in a world of time and space. So if there's time and space and you know afterwards, well, that means I didn't have a chance to to move anything earlier. But if, if you go to a place where we're not dealing with time and space anymore, there's nothing to do with that. There's just existence, right? There's just existence the way things are. So when there's just existence, it's not a contradiction at all for somebody to have absolute open free will to choose between right and wrong. And at the same time, another entity, call it Hashem, knowing what's going to happen without impacting what the choice is going to be. I'm not impacting you. You have absolute free will to, to make that right or wrong decision. So is it true to say that Bechira is the only thing that Hashem can control? That's what the Gemara tells us. However, there's another Gemara which says that a person's health also Hashem puts in their hands. Now what type of health? That type of health that's in your hands. So it, the expression of the Gemara is there's two times the Gemara says, Everything's in the hands of heaven besides for your free will. Choosing Taivara. And then it says, a different Gemara, Everything's in the hands of Hashem besides for cold and heat. That's the expression. Tzinim upachem. Which means, everything's in the hands of Hashem. But if you go out cold, you go out in the cold in negative 20 degree temperatures without a coat and nothing to keep you warm, you cannot say, Hashem... Your plan. But that was your choice to do that. Right. Okay. Okay. The, I, so that's why I don't think there's really a contradiction. I think the point of the second Gemara is to tell us that sometimes with our health, it's out of our control and some things of our health are in our control. Some things are, you can't be stupid, but at the same time, you can work out every day and a person's gone by the time they're 40. Right? No control. You did what you had to do. You tried being smart. Okay. Because Baruch decides by the time of, a person's up. That means which is we have a responsibility there. It's not real. You're right that it's not really a contradiction. So our journey is our journey. In other words, we can't. Hashem has a certain plan for us, and that's everybody has a different journey. Correct. And different things will happen. But what you're saying is that Hashem is going to help us fulfill. What our purpose is, as best he can. There's always a plan. That's all I'm saying. There's always a plan. Just don't always know what it is. We can't know what it no, is. And that's what's wild. Because our human no. minds can't fathom no. in a world of billions of people always making daily decisions. It explodes our mind because Hashem doesn't have a mind. It's beyond mind. To, to to grasp that every person's constantly having this this plan, and there's no breakdown. No. So there's always the, the the main thing that we need to know that we can grasp is there's always a plan. That's amechim mitzadi gaber. There's always we're always in a plan. Whether it's plan A, whether it's plan B, there, we're always in a plan. I don't know where it is. It's like living in the matrix. <laughs> Whatever that is. Makes us more peaceful. I mean, we can be more peaceful and more complete. 
being connected to him, mm-hmm. he's going to help us. There's Hashkacha Pratis, and Hashkacha Pratis is awakened. Hashkacha Pratis is awakened by us. That's also part of our Bechira, to awaken Hashkacha Pratis. To awaken Hashkacha Pratis, which is a a next level of personal involvement, of personal involvement with uh, with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Baruch is always personally involved in in everything, but the the oversight that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has and allows it to be is dependent on how how much we allow that oversight to happen. Sometimes uh, we decide that we should be the one with the oversight and the Torah kind of tells us that. Hashem says, okay, so good luck. Right? Good luck with that. You don't want, you, you know, this is what's going to happen. You want to be involved? Oh. You, you, you know, that's, that's your decision. Like, for example, Hashem... Um, Decides at the beginning of the year how much parnasa we have, right? First says, "I'll I'll make parnasa. Um, it's things are tough. I'm going to go steal three thousand dollars." So Hashem was like, "Okay, so now you have three thousand dollars. So you got your three thousand dollars. You're going to get it anyway, but now you got it through stealing instead of through a different way that I would have uh, I would have sent it to you." Okay, so you could have had more ashkacha pratis. But because you decide that you're in charge and you're going to decide how it's going to happen, Hashem says, "Okay, so you just decided that. Mm-hmm. You decided." That. And you could end up in jail. But you Whatever you, you you got it, you got it. Whatever, even if you don't, you got it through an avera. But you got it. Okay, it could have been. It could have been Ashkacha brothers. It could have been. You know, uh, but there's always there's always control. There's always there's always control. All right. Thanks. Thank you.